0: Welcome to the Risen Fallen Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hendrickson, and this is the podcast, if you haven't listened before, uh, where you can hear about open and authentic conversations about things like mental health, self-development, how to get your life back on track, moving in the right direction. And today, I am blessed to be joined by Calvin. It's Tedesco, right? Tedesco, yep, that's right. Dude, nailed that pronunciation. Hell yeah. How you doing, man? Thank you for coming out here all the way from Chilliwack. We're bro. in um, Richmond, for those of you that uh, know about the lower mainland here, if you're from Vancouver area, but thanks for coming out, bro. How you doing today?
1: Hell yeah, I'm doing good, man. Yo, everybody who knew I was coming here was like, don't go there. It's snow. There's snow everywhere. The roads, like, it's not safe. Don't do it. And I was like, man, I don't give a damn. Like, I'm going to be there. It never even crossed my mind for a second when I woke up this morning and I looked outside. I was like, there's... I didn't even cross my mind that I'm gonna have to do something different today. But everybody else seems to have like, oh, it snows, I'm not working out. Oh, it snowed, I'm not leaving the house. I'm not doing anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, absolutely. I uh, I always find a way to get it done. Like when it first started snowing out here, like last week or so, I'm like, yo, this is where I thrive. Like I'm going for a run. I know I'm I'm like <laughs> I know I'm able to come home and get like a warm shower. I'll fucking be able to warm up like. I want to go for a run. I'm going to throw a podcast on and just go for a run and get out there and get cold, man.
1: That's tight. That's a good point, man. Like, we're blessed. That's one of the things that trips me out the most. When it gets really cold, I just look around at, like, people who are outside, like, living outside. And I just think about, like, soldiers in the military. Or I think about people that have to work outside. And I'm like, man, what am I gonna do? An hour workout outside? This is nothing. And I'm working out. I'm warm when I'm working out.
0: Hundred percent, yeah. Just work out harder. <laughs> I yeah, fuck yeah. I dude, I actually do have to work outside. So I'm like, man, I'm fucking blessed. Like especially right now, I'm like, dude, I get the day off today. I get to just chill inside. Like this is fucking amazing, dude. Hell, yeah. I'm in heaven. Like the the absolute like the least I could do is have a fucking workout. You know, like it's like <laughs> totally. the least I think the least thing I could do. I, I just have, I've got like dumbbells in that room. They adjust up to like 90 pounds. I've got a bench. I've got bands. So I, I get a good workout in. Like today, I did a lot of back and leg stuff today. Yesterday was like all push stuff. So it's like at the bare minimum, get like an hour fucking weightlifting workout in and feel fucking good, dude. Um, have you always been into like fitness? Because you're fucking jacked, bro.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I've been on this path for like over 10 years. Okay,
0: so how did that start off? How do you uh, how did you get into fitness? Man, my You can tighten this, by the way, like oh, okay. this little thing
1: here. Oh, yeah, okay, I got it. Yeah, my fitness journey started about 13 years ago. I was in a juvenile detention center. I went to juvenile detention when I was 15 for stabbing somebody in the face. I was just mixed up in the wrong type of stuff. And um, I, everything around me was negative. I had no positivity in my life. Like, people around me are on dope and don't know how to cope properly. So I didn't have very good examples around me i wanted to get better at the wrong things but i I think i had a lot of good traits and i just didn't know where to direct my energy so once i found this workout thing i was like whoa i actually kind of like this and then other people around me even like corrections officers and other inmates and stuff were like yeah that's a good thing to do like you you have to be strong if you want to actually be somebody when you're in the juvenile detention center People will fuck you up. Like they'll take your shit. They'll fucking victimize you. If you're not strong and able to like handle your business, then you're gonna have a problem and you're not gonna have a good time.
0: God damn, dude. How the fuck did I didn't even know that about you? How the fuck yeah. do you like how does that whole thing happen? I you what, gotta stab- start from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Bro, I don't even know where to start. Like when I was a child, I was like a really good kid. I didn't have no problems with any violence or anything. Like I was always told good things, you know. Um and I, and I and I was interested in being a good kid, I was like shy. You know what I mean? I was one of those kids, like really shy and quiet. You know what I mean? Polite. You know. And then um, my brother died when I was 11. He got shot. And this is in Prince to, George. This is in uh, the Wally area of Surrey, BC. Okay, damn. That's where I grew up. So that's what that's where actually where I'm from originally. So I, I had to drive by there on on the way here. It was kind of kind of a trip because everything kind of comes full circle. You know. Uh, I haven't lived there in like many many years. But anyways, um, after my brother died, it kinda threw things in a bit of a spiral because the adults in my life don't really know how to cope properly. That's why that's a big part of my message today is like positive coping strategies. But and there was a lot of drugs and crime and violence introduced into my life in the upcoming years. Like I wasn't really into drugs. It was actually my family that told me, like, don't do drugs. Drugs are bad. If you ever do drugs, I'm gonna beat the shit out of you (laughs) or something. That's a uh, pretty good fucking message. Yeah, I was like, okay, I I don't want any drugs. I'm cool. I don't want to smoke. I want to do. But then my family, like people in my family and family members and friends were the first ones that offered me weed. And I was like, what the fuck? I don't want to do. I don't want to smoke. I don't smoke. That's what I said. I don't smoke. But then something shifted in my brain after that. And then somebody else in my fucking house offered me ecstasy. I'm like 11, bro. And I was like, no, I don't do that. What the hell? But, again, something shifted in my brain at that point. I was like, hmm, why are these people offering me this? So when it was introduced to me later, like, when I was a a youth, like, when I was, like, 13 or whatever in high school, um, I was like, yeah. And so I started using drugs. And then I started using more drugs more often over time. And then um, the shit in my life was fucked. Like, man, because of the dope and everything. And um, we we ended up moving into uh, a trailer in Wally, so we were living in a house, like, I had a, I was living good when I was a child, you know, but then once this shit started going downward, you know, we didn't have money, and all of a sudden, you know, we're living in a fucking trailer, there's, like, dope addicts everywhere, even my house, man, there's, like, TV programs, there's, like, there's a news article about it, if you look it up, if you look up my dad, Bruce Tedesco, and you look up the story about the blasting caps, they, like, found a shotgun and blasting caps up in the attic where these people had moved in after us, maybe the second or third family to move in after us, and they did a a news story about it. And they went down and actually saw... You can see my mom in the video, like, at the trailer. Fuck, man. <laughs> Shit is fucked up. And uh, I don't know where I was going with that, but... Yeah, I'm living in a fucking trailer, so I didn't want to go home. And I, I'm not talking about a fucking double-wide trailer. I'm talking about, like, a trailer you could pull with your fucking truck. Yeah. Like an Airstream trailer. Yeah, I'm yeah, living yeah. in an Airstream trailer, sharing a room with my with my dad at 13 years old, 14 years old, 15 years old. I'm losing my mind. I was already, like depressed with anxiety and shit. Mostly depression, to be honest with you. Apathy and like just couldn't, I, I fucking hated myself. I was like, yo, I fucking hate myself. I remember looking at myself in the mirror. Like I would do this often. Like I would go in the bathroom there my mom had her own room, right? So I'd slide through, walk through the door, go to the bathroom on the other side. So every time you go to the fucking bathroom, you got to walk through your mom's room. This is so fucked. I can't believe I'm even telling you this shit. But I'd look at myself in the mirror, and I would, like, take my shirt off, and I would just be like, I fucking hate this. Like, I fucking hate this person. And I that's, like, pretty much how I was living for, like, a good couple of years. And then when I was 15, I had been already involved in crimes. I guess I was selling weed and, and uh other types of drugs and shit and living that kind of lifestyle and but just like street shit like I was on the street at 15 around all those people in Wally you know what I mean and then uh, I think because of some altercations I had previously I had started packing a blade and um, the 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 altercation I got involved in actually went to jail had nothing to do with drugs or crime or anything it was just somebody was beefing me in the mall and uh, they were kind of, like, picking on me, actually. It was, it was a full-grown man. Like, he had no business fucking with me. It was just a misunderstanding. Some kid I was with had spat over the railing, I guess. And then it almost hit him or whatever. And uh, I didn't even know that that had happened. I was just like, this guy was walking up. He was like, you want me to come up there? And they started talking shit. And then one thing led to another. Ended up stabbing him and then ended up in jail for that. And uh, <laughs> it's a trip, man. But it, it was kind of the best thing that happened to me because jail introduced me to, like, structure, and, like, I had I had my own room. Like, that was a big deal to me. I had my fucking own room for the past few years. And then introduced me to working out. I'm eating three meals a day. i got clean clothes on all the time. And uh, I had some beef in there when I first went in there, so it was difficult for me, but it just strengthened me up because I was like, i got to work out harder because i got to be stronger. Yeah, I had nothing to do with, like, I want to look better. It had nothing to do with I want to pick up girls. It was like, no, I need to be strong because I need to be able to, like, handle my business you know
0: yeah protect yourself
1: 100 that was my that was my original dedication to it and then also after a while i noticed it felt good and i was like i like this feeling and i'm doing something positive and i like it so i just kept doing it wow
0: man there's so much fucking shit in there that i'm like what like what like what is going on that i want to unpack there but (laughs) it's like uh i think i think the biggest part of that message is that there's so many people that can relate to exactly what you said you're feeling when you, like, go into the mirror and take your shirt off and look at yourself and you're like, I fucking hate this. Yeah. Like, I've been there so many fucking times. Like, dude, I've been there in the past year where, like, I, I remember, like, distinctly, there's, like, probably four, five, six months ago, I usually sit around, like, 190 pounds, 200 pounds, and I fucking step on the scale, like, six months ago, and I'm climbing up to, like, 220 And I'm like, fucking, I take my shirt off and I don't have abs anymore. And I called my girlfriend at the time and I'm like, I fucking hate this. Like, I don't know what the fuck went wrong, but I slipped. Like I was, I've been fucking slipping and I fucking hate this. And I don't like the way I feel. I like, I feel gross and heavy and flabby and like soft and doughy and, like I fucking don't like this. Like I can see it bleeding into other areas of my life, like my relationship, my work life, like I'm just getting lazier and complacent and I fucking hate it. And and like it's starting to f- impact me mentally now. And I think there's so many fucking people that imp- that that relate to that feeling. Yeah. Like whether they've lived in a fucking trailer like you said all the, all that stuff, like whether they've been there before or not, I think everyone can relate to like just like looking themselves in the mirror being like this isn't who I'm fucking supposed to be. Right. That's like, exactly it, man. How did you kind of get from like going? Cause you seem like you've got your shit figured out right oh, now. Yeah. So like, 100%. how did you fucking transition from like being in fucking juvenile detention to like where you're at now? Like what was the, the catalyst that kind of helped you out?
1: Man, it was like a cascade of events that could not have been planned. It's just, it's kind of trippy, but I can even picture where I'm standing right now at like, I'm at the Surrey central bus station as a youth, Maybe I'm 14 or 15 years old at the time. And I just knew in my heart that I'm not doing this forever. I just knew it. I I don't know how the fuck I know that. But I just remember standing there and just being like, I know I'm not doing this forever. Because I was living my life in a bad way. I didn't like that I was using drugs. I knew what I was doing is bad. And I didn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know what was driving me to do that. Maybe it's just that's the situation I was in. That was my environment. I didn't know how to change my environment.
0: So how, how did you go about changing that? Like, obviously, it was kind of forced upon you for a bit in your life, yeah. for sure.
1: Yeah. But Yo, so this is the trip. Like, I don't really, I can't fully grasp it, but maybe we'll come to a conclusion here. Because I stood up for myself, or, and I did what I said I was going to do. I told this guy I was going to stab him if he didn't leave me alone. I stabbed him. I went to jail. went to jail. Something positive happened. I got introduced to working out. It's like, I like this thing. This is positive, and I actually like it, and people are saying, this is a good thing. I'm like, okay, I actually like this, and it's good. (laughs) So, before, the stuff I wanted to get good at was, like, stabbing people and, like, selling drugs, Uh, and I wasn't really good at any of those things anyway, so fuck. (laughs) You were good at it once. Yeah, yeah. I I was getting better, (laughs) but anyways, (laughs) Um, I, I just pursued that. I just continued going that direction, and then... Uh, other things started to come into my life too. Like I brought my re- this is a huge story. This is an important story. I brought my report card back to the unit one day. Like these youth, man, you would think that they're like the worst of the worst, right? Like on the street, you some pretty fucking bad kids out there, bad in a way that they're just like living their life all fucked up. Mm-hmm. In the juvenile detention center, these kids are operating at a fucking high level. Like you still have those like street kids or whatever down there that you know they got no you know life skills or anything. They can't do shit. But then you have fucking Kids that have, like, leadership potential. They work out every day. They eat three meals a day because they are getting fed. And they're, like, pushing themselves. Like, these guys have leadership potential. These are the motherfuckers that are running the show. and They'll fucking basically, like, those are the ones that are going to bully somebody, take their shit, and not give a fuck. But they're operating at such a high level that they can just manipulate any situation. Like, these guys could be running businesses. Like, they're just applying it in the wrong way. And at that age, I'm like, what the fuck? i seen kids in jail that were so jacked, so fucking ripped. They looked like they should be on a magazine cover. In jail, at like 15 years old, 16 years old, 17 <laughs> years old. I'm like, what the hell am I seeing? Anyway, so I brought my report card back to the unit. And an older kid was like, what'd you get? And I was like, oh, I got like a C, C minus. You know, I thought that shit was cool. Because on the outs, when you go to regular school, if you try, or, if you try stuff, like, you're, you're a geek. You're an idiot. Yeah. This kid looked at me. He's like, you're stupid. Step your shit up. I was like, what the fuck? I just got called stupid. And I was just like, damn. Because in my heart, I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, I know I'm not stupid. I'm just not trying. Right. So I just, like, took that rate limiter off, started trying, started getting straight A's. So now I got school. So I'm doing school. I'm killing that. I got workouts. I'm killing that. And then I start learning a little bit about nutrition. I'm just trying to, like, get my enough protein in or whatever. Just, I don't know. I was learning, like, baseline stuff. You can read, like, workout magazines in there and stuff, too. And then um, basically, it just – anything positive that I could that I found, I just wanted to pursue that. And then anything negative, I just wanted to try to stay away from it. But then when I did get out, like – I don't know. It's weird because you think I'm doing something positive, right? But then the judge sees that I'm doing something good. And he's like, yeah, he's doing all the programs, like, counseling. He's working out. He's got, uh, you know, straight A's in school. Like, I'm going to let him out early and uh, so that he can go – and go to school. And I'm like, shit, I can't believe this is happening right now. And like, I just couldn't believe it. I tried to keep my head down, and not say anything, but I was just like, damn, like, I can't believe I'm getting released right now. And then uh, that was actually, like, that was not a good thing for me because I just went back to the same environment. Yeah. I couldn't keep it up. And uh, I tried for like a couple months. And then I was like living a double life, like going to school. Like, I would push myself to get to school. Even when all my fucking friends are like passed out sleeping, I'd get my ass up early and still try to get there. But then uh, I was living a double life, and eventually I got faced with a decision, like, I need to support myself. I don't like trying to rely on my parents. They're obviously not in a good way right now. I'm trying to support myself, and I'm failing miserably. So I just was, like, had a decision. We could do this robbery tonight. This is what was going down. Or I could go back to my girlfriend's house and just sleep. And we had already just came from, like, a fucking house party that went way wrong. Like, my friend almost got his hand cut off. And uh, all the windows got fucking busted out. Bear mace everywhere. Shit. So we're like, do we still want to do this robbery or whatever? I, we had to drive the fucking car to the fucking hospital that dropped my friend off. tied to, to tie his hand up with a bandana. He almost could have died. Holy shit, man. Yeah. And then so I was like, no, I still want to do the robbery. You know, we said we're going to do it. Plan to do it. Let's do it. And in my mind, I'm thinking, like, I could go to my girlfriend's house or do this robbery. If I do the robbery, I'm going to get money. And open a small business because I could sell some of the commodities like the cigarettes for half price, whatever. Or I'm gonna go back to that place where I was killing it. So I'm like, it's kind of a no brainer. Like, the only thing holding me back is that it's scary to do a robbery. Like, then this is the part that trips me out. It took courage and like drive and determination to go do the robbery instead of just sit and be like, well, I got a safe place I can sleep here. Like, that's not my place. That's my girlfriend's mom's house. Like, that's not forever. I, I can't sustain on that. So I, I tried, I took the fucking leap, even though it's, like, I guess the wrong thing to do, like, in society standards. But to me, it was like, I kind of, it's a no-brainer, you know what I mean? So I did the robbery. We got in a high-speed chase. I got bit by the cop dog, arrested. And I got sentenced to a year in jail. <laughs> Damn, man. <laughs> I know, it's a trip. Like, there's so much to this fucking story. But, like, that year in jail, I was stoked because I'm like, okay, I got one year. Um, to, to to study, get good grades, work out, and and eat healthy. Yeah,
0: and it's so common, man. As well, like you hear about how uh, like it's like um, people coming out of the military and people coming out of institutions where they like they they have all that structure, all that discipline of like, okay, this is when you get up, this is when you eat, this is when you can go work out, this is when you fucking you know make sure all your shits clean, make sure your laundry's fucking clean. Like I've heard so much so much different stuff about you know, the similarities between the military and institutions like that, how it just, like, breaks you into discipline. Like, you have no option. Like, you'll get chastised by everybody around you. Like, pick yeah. pick your shit up. Be fucking clean. Be fucking disciplined. No one wants a cellmate or to share space with someone that's, like, fucking wearing dirty shit all the time, leaving their socks around, like... It's like it instills discipline in you and then you get out and then it's like, well, what do I do now? Like, there's nobody telling me to do anything. Like, I don't have to fucking have clean clothes. I don't have to fucking fold my laundry or keep my fucking bed looking nice or eat at a certain time. Nobody's telling me what to eat anymore. Like, you're just like completely everything's just wiped clean. And it's like, well, what do I do now? Like, it's like you have the option of like you said, like it's like you keep the structure or you completely fall into a past life. And, it, and it's, like, it's so fucking common, man. Like, that's, like, literally why you hear about, I feel like, so many people that are, like, they, they're just in the cycle of institutions. Like, they go in, they come out. They go in, they come out. They go in, they come out. Because it's, like, why would I want to live out where I don't have food, I don't have fucking structure, I don't have discipline? Like... Nobody's keeping me accountable. Nobody gives a fuck. Like, if I'm like struggling on the street, nobody Straight gives up. a fuck. They just Straight sit up. on me and walk past me. Like, yeah. at least if I go to jail, then I'll have something like some food, some clean clothes. That's like, what it is. Dude, it's so fucking crazy how our system's so broken. Bro, and check
1: this out. As a youth on the street, no advocates, no support, nobody. Like, you might have the odd person come through. We used to have these, like, what are they called? Like, drug and alcohol. People, I don't even know what the fuck they were. They'd come give you, like, um, like, like packs of fruit snacks or whatever. Mm. That's a nice gesture, but, like, what the fuck is that doing for these kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They Fijian got bigger problems
0: five, than that. Yeah. <laughs> Feed them for five minutes, and then they're like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? Like, oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. And, and, and we're also, like, we're also negative, so it's kind of hard to approach us. So, yeah. like, uh, somebody would approach me with, like, a Bible or something. And I'd be like, you don't fucking know. Like I would be pissed. I'd yeah. be fucking pissed.
0: Yeah, like a book's gonna help me right I'd be now. I'm fucking
1: pissed. Yeah, but yeah. you don't fucking know yeah. me. You know what I mean? I was like belligerent. Yeah, yeah. And like yeah. and like violent back then. Yeah, man. Keep in mind, like we're talking if we're talking workouts, like I wasn't like a big guy. Like I'm I've always been small. Like I was skinny. When I looked in my- the mirror and I looked at that person, I hate Hard to think you were He's fucking a skinny. Skinny man. motherfucker, dude. I only weighed a buck thirty.
0: Holy shit. Yeah,
1: dude. I was 130 pounds.
0: That's, that's fucking crazy, pounds. When man. I first
1: got locked up, 130 pounds.
0: So uh, how long were you in the first time, if you don't mind me asking? It was like
1: five months and nine days.
0: And then you're let out early, and then yeah. you go out. You're chilling for how long before you I, get?
1: I, I stayed out for about four months.
0: And then you're in for another year. Yep.
1: And Straight then, year. And then after that year, yeah,
0: what happened?
1: Okay, this is uh, that's a really good question. So this is a fucking trip. This is where I start to say that this doesn't make any fucking sense, man. Like, I couldn't have planned this. And so I just knew that going there was a better option than what I'm doing. So I just kind of went there. Okay, got that far, got to that step. Didn't know what was going to happen next. Well, it's crazy time, to
0: think that that's the better option. Yeah, know?
1: that was a, it. Was way better option. Like the school is better in there. Like the probation school on the outside sucked. Mm. The the jail school is fucking dope. Like the teachers are dope. Like it's it's good. <laughs> like it's, it's a like good cause, school. Is
0: it because like they kind of like meet you where you are? They're like, okay, like I'm gonna fucking meet this person like where I, they I think are, so. like the type of energy that they're at. Like I'm not talking like physically meet you where you are, but I'm saying like mentally and emotionally, they're like, okay, this guy's got like one shot at an education, and like if I fuck this yeah. up for him, he's not doing it.
1: It, it, se- it seemed like they gave a fuck. It, se- it seemed like they gave a fuck. Actually, there's gonna be more to the story later, where the the one teacher in the Prince George uh, Center is the one that actually like gave me the next step because I didn't know. Like I said, I don't really know what the next step's gonna be. I just know I gotta be in jail. And then uh, what happened was the second time I went in, like, first time I went, I was by myself. I, I, would, I had no co-accused. I did the crime by myself. So I went in and experienced that. Second time, I had a co-accused. My co-accused is well-known in jail. He's been in jails in and out for a long time. And so that kind of helped me because he had connections. He knows all the caseworkers and all the stuff.
0: Do you guys go in together? Is that how that works? Kind of.
1: Like, um, kind of. So he got kind of ignorant to it. So I'm like, yeah. ask some yeah. questions. I don't think. I can't remember if we're on the same unit or not or whatnot. It depends where you get sent to. I don't even. I don't really remember. We might have been on different. No, we were on the same unit. Yeah, no, we were on the same unit quite a bit actually. Because I remember in PG, we. So this is the thing. So he got offered to go do a work program, in uh, Prince George. A work program. What the fuck? Because we're in open custody now, which means like you can do stuff like this. Like you could potentially go and if you're in Prince George, I guess you work leave the facility and, yeah. Go, yeah 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 and, and you go do like uh i guess work in forestry and so he got the opportunity and he put my name in like hey you should get calvin to go and so they contacted me and brought me in had a meeting with me and they're like yeah would you like to go do this work program like you could probably make you know a couple thousand dollars i was a like, couple thousand dollars that was a big deal to me i was like motherfucker like i'm trying to rob stories get a couple hundred dollars and here i'm gonna get a couple thousand dollars like this is over a summer, I'm like, fuck yeah, dude! I'm in jail, like hell yeah! I'm taking that offer. Why would the hell would I not? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, that 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 was the turning point. So I got to go to this other jail facility, they shipped me up there in like a paddy wagon, all cuffed up, lo- shackled up, everything. It took me a cu- it was a couple day trip. Went up with my friend uh, Velasco Ulises Velasco. His name is. This guy's a fucking G too. He actually shout out. Yeah, he actually <laughs> got out and kept his shit together. This this kid's dope so this is this is so weird, so we all end up on the same unit together me velasco and and my co accused and so uh man this is okay, so this is what happened we I'm going to do the work program, and then I do all the courses, so we had to take a bunch of courses, learn how to whatever chainsaw all the safety whatever and then so what? when you're talking
0: forestry, you mean yeah. like you're chopping trees down and Yeah, like, stuff
1: would, like that. Like bush bushwhacking. I don't know, stuff like that. I the thing is I didn't get to do it because once I finished the courses, they looked at my papers and went, Oh, this kid's a violent offender. We can't give him a chainsaw. A chainsaw. <laughs> yeah. And I'm <laughs> right. like, dude, I have the best behavior in the like I, I'm like all star. Like I'm always on the top level. Like I always have good behavior. I'm like regimented. I'm just calm, cool, collected. Like Nobody fucks with me. You know what I mean? Because I'm just whatever. And, and almost the bad shit's happening with these other people. Not really me. Nobody, Like I said, nobody's really fucking with me. So, uh, And I just keep to myself and shit. And then, yeah, they wouldn't let me go do the work program. So I wanted to go home. I'm like, fuck this shit. I want to go home. My co-accused is a straight savage. He's like victimizing people, uh, r- making them <laughs> pay him canteen, like buying protein bars and shit. Like he's <laughs> a savage. He's like setting up fights and shit. He's, he's fucking crazy. So, so. This is what, here's what they told me when I went up there, like, hey, look, if you don't have good behavior, you know, you're going to have to stay here. They couldn't control my co-accused, so they sent him back to Burnaby Jail. (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck? And they didn't want, then they wanted to keep me. And I'm like, dude, let me go home. Like, I can't get visits up here. I got like one visit up there. Yeah. And I was up there for eight months. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. And so I, um, I'm telling the long version of the story, but the thing is, is, they would bring me in these fucking meetings, and they were making my release plans, because I'm getting ready to get released, right? And so we had to get into meetings with, like, caseworkers workers and uh, probation officer, I guess, uh, counselor, whatever, whatever. There'd be, like, people like that in there. All people that are basically handling your case and, and, and your release. And they kept giving me release plans for Prince George. And I'm like, hey, don't you know I'm from Surrey? I'm not from here. <laughs> yeah. I want to go home. You know what I mean? I've been in jail for... I don't know how many months now. I'm a youth. Like a year is a long time for youth. You only have so many of those years available. You know what I mean? You're, not, you're only youth for so long. So I really wanted to go home. And then uh, the the off opportunities they're giving me sucked until one of my teachers was like, this kid's good. Like he's he works hard. He's he's getting good grades. He's always working out. Um, I think he's going to be a good fit for this program. And so she talked to me. She's like, hey, you know, I've only, this is Cynthia Coles, her name is. She's only given me, or she's only, Let a few kids into this program, or uh, what do you say? Introduce a few kids to this program. They all done really well. And so she thinks I'm a good fit. So I'm like, okay. And so she uh, arranged it so I could go on an outing. So I get to leave the facility finally and go. This is what
0: the program is?
1: Yeah, I got to go to the program. So I got to go there to visit. So when I get released, I could go to this actual school on the outs in Prince George. It's an alternate school called TAPS. And I met this lady named Sue McDonald. So she was like my first. She became my first mentor. But she was running the fitness program, and she was like, "Yeah, we go for runs at like 7 a.m. and talking about all the stuff we do in the fitness program." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's what I want to do. What do I need to do to go here? I I don't give a shit what I have to do." And I had to go to another program. So when I got released, I had to go to another program that was almost. Like, I would call it a halfway house for youth. I don't know what they call it. They might have a different name for it. Right. But, like, anywhere where you're not allowed to leave the house when you want, you have to wait for someone to take you out to go to the gym.
0: Yeah, you have, like, a supervisor at all times.
1: Yeah. I had an alarm on my door at night. So if I got to go to the bathroom, I got to set off an alarm. Like, this is fucking crazy. Like, you
0: right? have to, like, ring a bell and someone comes and takes you to the bathroom? <laughs> they don't even
1: or? have that. They're just like, don't go to the bathroom at this from this time to this time. And I had to Jesus set it off a couple Christ. times. Yeah, and they, they didn't like me because I, w- I was always trying to get up earlier and earlier and earlier. So they,
0: You're like, what am I supposed to do, piss in a <laughs> bottle? Like, <laughs> yeah, fuck.
1: Yeah, and I'm a savage because I was, like, fascinated with getting up early and working out. So I was trying to get up earlier and earlier and earlier. And they didn't like that. Where did that come from?
0: Where did that come
1: from? I don't even know, man. Because I always say it was like, I always talk about these athletes that inspired me, but I didn't know about these guys back then. So I don't even know. Like, it was just working out. And the whole mindset with working out is like discipline and like waking up early. And I was just fascinated by it.
0: You're like, I just, you you just decided you're like, I'm going to become a savage.
1: Yeah, I have no idea what was, I don't (laughs) really know. Like, we were talking about that on the way here. I'm like, I don't really know what was driving me. I feel like it was always in me. I just never like. Had someone like like that fire, like that spark, so I could get, like, just unleash it. Like, it was always in there. Mm-hmm. All these good things was in there. I just didn't know, yeah, didn't have a place to put it. And then, yeah, so I got to go to the TAPS program. And the TAPS program, yeah, I just sit in this fucking house for like, I guess I was living in there for about five months or something. Uh, God bless, though, because you know what? I wouldn't have been able to do that school program if it wasn't for them. And if Cynthia Coles didn't come check on me every so often, like, I wasn't going to make it. Like, I was like, take me back to jail. I fucking hate this place. I want to go back to jail. Fuck this. I was pissed. Like, I was belligerent, mad, working out like a savage, and just fucking, oh, man. I was pissed. But, yeah, so the next, the next step was my counselor got me on an AYA, which is an agreement with young adults. So I literally got my own house. And this is the fucking trippy thing. I'm in a house on a street called Freeman Street. Free, it's spelled Freeman Street. <laughs> Fuck right off, right? And I'm on a, I'm on a street called Third uh, Ave. Third Avenue Freeman Street. Three's my lucky number. I'm on Third Avenue Freeman Street. I'm like, what the fuck is this telling me? Because I couldn't find a place, bro. Like I looked for places. The only place that I could rent was one one of my other teachers, another teacher from the program I'm going into, was like, oh, my friend, her tenant just moved out recently and her spot's sitting empty. I'm like, what the fuck? So she rents to me. And mm-hmm. her like, the rent's gonna get paid, obviously, because I'm funded. So I'm you don't have to worry about me. Money's coming in.
0: Where's that where's that coming from? From
1: like, I guess it's like um, it's like Ministry of Child and Family Development. Oh, so
0: that's where like the AYA agreement comes that's from. That's where the AYA okay, agreement okay, okay. comes okay.
1: from. And that's the thing I was talking about earlier is like why didn't they give me that to me before I went to jail? So I had to go what stab people and rob people in, in order to get these programs? Mm-hmm. That's what I got to do? Yeah, that's I, what I have to do. Is like that's fucked up, man, but that's yeah. the system, dude. Yeah, what and that's a what's weird wrong fucking... here. Yeah. <laughs> that's it that doesn't make sense. Um, but, yeah, that, that program changed my fucking life, man, because Sue McDonald, again, opened up another door for me. I got to go to kinesiology school after that. Damn. Then because she told me if I do this program, I can become a personal trainer. I was like, so
0: you happened? get like your because kinesiology program, like you're talking through college or. Yeah. So you got your high school education pretty much through the
1: institution. At the, oh, yeah. No, no. So I was almost done. So I had to go to TAPS program for like a year and a half and uh, just crushed it in the, that program. Like I fucking hated the weekends, bro. Like, I did not want to go back to that house. I hated it there. But Monday to Friday, I'm in school, man. And the, and, and the lady that runs the program has to take me to school because that's her job. So, and I would get her to take me early. I would tell her my classes at this time. And then she would take me early so I could go to the gym. <laughs> right? Because here's, here's another thing. This is a divine intervention, man. I don't know how to fuck this all lines up like this. But this school, the TAPS program, is on the same campus as the college. Wow! In a portable, so I could actually go next door to the college and use their gym, and I could go next door to the college and take a biology course to help me prepare for kinesiology, and it whoa. would count towards my graduation. Damn, dude! Yeah, bro. So I've been on this path, like, like regimented like this since I was a, since I was a teenager. It's fucked up. Like I can't even believe it. I couldn't even. I didn't even know I was doing it. And now I'm looking back at it, like now, finally being like, whoa, what the hell? This is me. Like the, this is like the fast forward button. Got here. I just been focused on the next thing in front of me. The next thing in front of me it's hard to look really far ahead sometimes. Or even it's hard to look back sometimes. You're just so, like, bombarded with shit to do. It's, like, stressful. Man.
0: So what led you to, uh, because obviously you had uh, fitness was kind of, like, one of your driving forces, and education seemed to be one of your driving forces, which seems fucking almost bizarre. Like, for someone that's, like, in the institution and everything like that, like, it's, like, kind of almost like it's, like, your your only thing keeping you kind of moving forward is like okay I need to get myself like smarter because I was made fun of because I they said I was fucking dumb so I'm gonna make sure that doesn't happen to me again I'm gonna get fucking smarter and then like the fitness seemed like it was like kind of like a defense mechanism like it's like I'm gonna get fucking tougher stronger fucking more like fo- like I need to be have more fortitude like I I need to be fucking um, more formidable against fucking opponents if someone's going to try and fuck me up. Like, it's, a, it's like, almost like Absolutely. a defense mechanism. Absolutely. So, like, it kind of seems like through education and fitness, they converge, and that's where you get into, like, kinesiology. Yeah. Like, what, what made you kind of... Because, like, dude, I didn't even fucking finish college. Like, I, I went into college for, like, business management, and, like, a year, I think maybe three semesters in, I was like, I can't fucking do this. Like, this is not for me. Like, what kind of made you choose to go to college and continue going to college like what kind of pushed you through that was it just kind of continue to continue like having some structure in your life and discipline in your life was that part of it or like what kind of drove you to do that
1: well it's kind of like the same thing that made me do that robbery it's either this or this it's this life i'm living out here in surrey and wally or it's this life that i can live over here it's a little it's different and it's better for me and that, that, that was another thing too about the school and working out is like school and working out positive. It's bring, bringing positive things in my life. And so I, I don't really know where it's going to lead me. I just knew it was good.
0: So yeah. you uh, you start college and did you you finish college? You finished with a kinesiology degree? Oh or? yeah,
1: I got like honors in that program. So what happened was um, I fucking loved, the, I loved kinesiology. I had more teachers in there. More impactful teachers. And then we're in a smaller uh, classes. So you actually get to know your teacher by name and shit. They know you by name. It's a really good program. And what, what kept me going was well, one one I was interested in it because I love fitness, so I wanted to learn all about the body and stuff. Even though those courses are hard, uh, I really liked it, so I just kept doing that. And then the other thing is that if I fuck up this process in any which way, I my other option I go back home. But that was my plan. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna finish this program and then go home. And I, I would take uh, I would take smaller course loads too. By the way, I would only do like three or four courses at a time. Until like my very only very three last or
0: four semester. courses, isn't that standard?
1: Oh man, they make you do five to finish in two years, bro. Four. It took me three years to finish. Okay, the college diploma, and then so here's the next thing: I had a girlfriend at the time, and she had like massive anxiety about school. So she's like preparing, preparing, like looking at every fucking thing. She'd make all my schedules for me. I was so like lost. I don't know what the fuck I was doing. I would just show up to my classes. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'll I, I take good notes, and I, I work you, hard. You know, you're what like, mean? I hey, I'm hard. here. I work hard. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I work hard as fuck, but I wasn't, like, super organized or planning ahead. I just, I just show up and work hard. And then um, she is the one that came up with the plan because she's, like, looking at all the schools. Where do these fucking courses transfer? And I'm just planning on going home after. And she found out that uh, these courses, these credits transfer to UFV in Chilliwack. Right. And then I was like, "Shit," because I'm running out of funding. So I'm like, "Damn, am I gonna like take out a loan and like go do my own school?" So I did. I took out a loan, uh, and she showed me how to do that too. I went to go see people and talk to them, and they got me a loan. And then so I moved to uh, Chilliwack, and uh, I was uh, no more funding. So I'm gone. I'm done now. Like my shit is, is run out. You know what I mean? So I was like on my own. And then, yeah, we just kept just kept hustling in school. And I I don't know like what's driving me at the time. Because I did see a lot of people quit. You know what I mean? I did see a lot of people quit.
0: I I don't really know.
1: Yeah. I don't don't (laughs) know what it was in me that like, I don't know. I just couldn't quit. I just couldn't quit. Like I had to keep going. It was just, it wasn't even an option in my mind that I could quit. No matter how hard it was, I was like, dude, I have to do this. Because like, that is my option is to go back to where I was. And then on that process too, like I always thought, you know, Surrey would be there. But my dad fucking dies. Like he dies in the story somewhere along the lines of like college. So like my home life, Going home is not even an option at this point. So it's like, I have to do this. Like, I have to finish this. There's no going back. Fuck, man. Yeah. And I got certified as a trainer anyways after college. So I'm certified as a trainer, and I'm working as a trainer. I was always working as a trainer a little bit, but now I'm actually like a certified trainer in uh, UFV in Showac. So I started building my business out here or out there. And then, uh, yeah, so my whole life was wrapped up in fitness. There's nothing else. And I'm also competing in sports like boxing and shit, stuff like that. <clears throat> wow man.
0: So you you um finished like the first two years was it in P G and then yeah. you come out after that. That's like a diploma and yeah. then you come out to UFE and you like get a degree there? Absolutely. And then after that you get certified as a personal trainer. Absolutely. And so when you start as a personal trainer, are you working in like a commercial gym or are you just working in like a you're like self employed oh, doing yeah. your own stuff? Like what kind of how did you get into like doing like, was that, like, your first official job? Were you working other jobs other than that? Or? Oh, yeah.
1: I, I worked part-time. Like, there was one time in my life where I had a part-time job at, like, a furniture store, a part-time job at a gym, and a part-time me working on my own business. But, yeah, what, what happened? And I was in school full-time and competing in sports. I was like, I'm fucking busy as shit. Yeah. I, I had no time. I didn't even drive back then either. I'd be biking and fucking running and busing everywhere. This, Damn. Is, this is the shit that trips me out because people give me these, like, excuses and shit. I'm like, goddamn. But um, what was the question again?
0: Well, like uh, like when you first started training people, like was it like oh, a yeah. commercial gym? Were you working other jobs? Like I was just kind of curious about that, like how you got started with your, running your own business.
1: Yeah. So what happened was I got certified as a trainer after my diploma program. So when I went to go get my degree, I was just like, cool, I can start working. And I used to go into this gym called um, Anytime Fitness. I actually specifically wanted to move in that area so I could go train people out of that gym. I went to do a drop in there when we checked out the house and checked out the school. And I was like, okay, this is the gym I'm gonna work out of. I'm gonna live right around the corner, so I can walk there. Can walk to the school. Everything's in walking distance. I'm like, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. So then I would go into that fucking uh, gym like every week, and I'd talk to a guy named Joe Porter, and I'd be like, yo, I'm a. Uh, this is the deal. Like I have a diploma in kinesiology. I'm working on my degree. I'm certified. I need work. Like, what's what's up? You need you need some help? And he's like, nah. Like we're good. Like we got pretty much everything on lockdown here. No no problems. I'm like, okay. And then I, out of these books, I was already reading personal development books like since I was 17. I came across that in jail when I was 17. And I was, so I've been reading these books for already f- several years. And, uh, you know, the persistence. Like, go back the next week. So I'm like, well, go back the next week. I learned that from a book. So I just go back the next week. Hey, what's up? You need work? Because I know, hey, even if he says no, at least he's going to be like, this guy's fucking driven. Like, yeah, he yeah, keeps yeah, showing yeah. up. So I would come back the next week. And I'd come back the next week. No, no, no. Like You're like,
0: oh, yo, I'm gonna train people in your gym, so it's really just about like if you want to cut or not. Yeah, <laughs> really, really.
1: Well, no. So what happened was, one of my, I made a friend at another gym, uh, at the Sheam Leisure Center, and uh, his name is David Cozier. This guy's fucking dope. He's actually one of the realest motherfuckers I've ever met. Anyways, this guy here introduced me to a workout park. You know, a lot of people in Chilak didn't even know about this workout park that lived here for years, and I'm new. Is that where I see you on your Instagram stories doing pull-ups and shit? Yeah, 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 yeah. I still go there. Sick. I still go there. So, yeah, I went there one day. We worked out together, and I was like, man, I could totally, like, I think I could train clients here. I was just thinking about, man, I could train clients here. And then I got home, and I was like, hmm, like, man, you know what? I could totally make an advertisement and put it on my social media and start getting clients to train at that park. And then and then I did it. And then I and I was like, man, I could totally post this advertisement. And I did it. And then I started getting people filling out my form and filling out their number and shit like that. They want help. I was like, dude, I could totally call these people, book sessions at that park. So I did. I Open a whole <laughs> business over the summertime when I wasn't in school. I trained people in there all fucking day in the fucking blistering heat. I would get mad sunburns, man. But yeah, I would train people there all day.
0: That's sick. Yeah. And so that's kind of how you... And so you're working literally out of that park still, or do you work still in a teach gym there. still? Um, or? I still teach there. Yeah, I yeah. still
1: teach there a little bit. But now, this is the crazy thing. So the reason why I mentioned Joe's name specifically is because I ran more outdoor workout programs after that. So I would do, usually do them for the summer. School gets so busy, I would only be able to maintain, a, like, one or two clients or three maybe tops. And then I had to drop those as exams come up, final exams come up. But, yeah, so... Then I was running a track program, I think, in, like, 2019, and I was going, like, all out, man. I had, like, fucking maybe, like, 10 people on this program, all young men. I was interested in training young men back then and, like, mentoring and, like, yo, know, these kids wanted to know everything. Like, they wanted to know about the books I'm reading. They wanted to know about meditations I'm doing. They wanted to know about, like, boxing. They wanted to know about lifting, running. I got to teach them everything I know. And these motherfuckers got, like, massive changes, not just, like, in their bodies, but Everybody that adhered to the plan, anyways, in, in their whole lives. Like, some of them changed, uprooted their lives. Like, I'm not happy with the relationship I'm in. Dropped it. I'm not happy with the job I'm in. Dropped it. I want to go be a life coach. Went and took the course. Damn, these guys was killing it, man. And so, yeah, with that group, Joe had, I guess, somewhere down the line, opened his own gym. But it was too far away for me to go teach out of. But then he moved locations to the Sardis area. And I was like, shit, let's go check it out. So I went there. And I was like, damn, this is sick. And then another one of my friends donated a bunch of equipment there. So I was like, okay, we're all cool. And I was like, dude, I got, like, all these fucking clients. And so I brought them a whole bunch of business. And then I just started training clients out of there full time, like, all the time. I spend like, so much time there. And even during COVID, like, I went, had to go back and teach outside. But as soon as we were able to go back in there, masks and shit, we would go in and, like, we'd have mad clients in there. I got so many clients in there at, like, 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 7 a.m. Like, it's just packed, man. That's nuts. That gym's packed.
0: And you're still training out of that gym?
1: Oh, yeah. Still, still training out of that gym. So Which, what's the gym a group called? Of women there. It's called Pump House Fitness.
0: Okay, fuck yeah, dude. I've yeah. seen I've seen videos
1: and pictures of that gym. It looks freaking dope. Man. Yes, it's weird. It came full circle. So I did end up working with Joe in the end. <laughs> like, what is this? Yeah, you know, it's just a trip. But yeah, I started teaching a group of women there. It's so weird because I was teaching men. Mm-hmm. I let like one woman in my group. And then like somehow they all started coming out of nowhere. I wasn't advertising women at all. I wasn't trying to work with women at all. And then we have, like, all these women coming through, and I'm teaching them strength training, like, weights and shit. Mm-hmm. It's, like, a huge it's a huge thing because a lot of women don't lift weights. Yeah, yeah. But they need to, and it's so beneficial for them. Like, the amount of, like, way they can shape their body, improve their metabolism, improve the way they feel and look and confidence and everything. I'm like, damn. So I got to teach them all about lifting weights, and I got one of those ladies sitting over here. She lost 100 fucking pounds on my program. And, again, she's one of those people that just followed the fucking steps. Like, a lot of people will see it and not do it or, like, they don't use me as a resource as much as they should. Well, she took full advantage. She lost 100 pounds and then started getting strong as fuck after that. She's one of the strongest, fittest people I know. And that's from no workout experience and being over 200 pounds. She was, like, mad overweight.
0: Dude, it's so fucking crazy because uh, I actually I worked in a gym for about... Uh, three and a half years I worked in gyms. I, I started as like uh, entry level, like just like sales. Like I sold gym memberships and personal training packages. And then I pretty much just like show people, like I basically, I would joke and say, like, I was like a fitness consultant. Like I would basically, like someone would come into the gym and they'd be like, okay, like these are my goals. This is what I want to do. And I would basically just sell them a gym membership and then a training package. And then I'd refer them to a trainer and then that 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 trainer would just take them as a client, and it would be like on to the next one. Like that was my job basically when I first started. And then I moved into like management, ended up being a general manager at a gym for like I think like half a year to a year. But I worked at uh, three different gyms, kind of doing that that kind of role, all under the same company. But like it was like for it, I started in North Burnaby, and then I moved out to like West Van to work out there. And then I uh, ended up being in, like, the Coquitlam area. So I, like, moved gyms quite a few times. And uh, why did I start talking about this? Um, oh, dude, because the craziest thing, like, the first gym I worked at was right across the street from Golds and Burnaby. So it was, like, really, like, heavy with, like, bodybuilder demographic. Like, it was, like, all bodybuilders, like, big, juiced-up fucking dudes that were all training for competitions, like, fucking big boys. And... Um, it was, like, crazy because that was when I was interested in bodybuilding. So all the guys there are fucking jacked. And it was right across the street from, like, a pole dancing school. So it was, like, a bunch oh, of yeah. fucking strippers. Like, it was, like, literally, like, strippers and fucking bodybuilders, like, all under the same roof. Yeah. And then the next place I go to, after after we, like, that, that place, we, we, like, completely uh revamped the business like it was like a failing gym when we like uh the team that i was working with when we first moved there um and i got hired there it was like fucking failing like it was like a failing business and then we like completely turned it around so they they start doing like um they were going to do like a grand opening for a brand new location out in west van and they were like yo do you guys want to go and work at that location and we're like yeah absolutely And, like, for people that don't know, West Van and Burnaby are completely fucking different demographics. Like, West Van is, like, where all the money is. Like, it's, like, rich fucking people. All the people that were in that area, like, the fitness they knew was, like, going for hikes. Like, that was it. So we had, like, a bunch of, like, rich people coming in. And they're, like, yeah, like, I want to lose weight. I want to get toned. I want to get in shape. So I'm going to do spin classes. I'm going to do cardio. I'm going to do yoga. And we're, like we need to set you up with this personal trainer. They're going to teach you how to lift weights. Yeah. And we had so many fucking women change their lives because they're like, I had no idea this is actually how you do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, It's, it's untapped like, potential for them. Dude, it's insane. It's so crazy when you see, especially like women, when they get older and uh, their bodies start changing, like having resistance training is like the only way to stop like, you know, um, their bone density decaying. Like so many different things, like having resistance training in your life is so fucking important. It's literally like what I think is the foundation of fitness. Whereas like other people are like, I need to get in shape before I lift weights. It's like, no, lifting the weights is going to get you in shape. Dude, it's so crazy. Did you have resistance? Like, because you said that once you started getting female clients, you're like, okay, we're going to start lifting weights. Did you have resistance where they're like, no, I don't want to get too muscular. I don't want to get too bulky. Like, I just want to do cardio. It, was there ever conversations like that?
1: Oh, later on. Yeah. The first three ladies I had, like, they just had full trust in me. So they, they did really well. They're probably the best, best performing clients. Some of the best performing clients I've had. And uh, yeah, they just had full trust in me. They, they didn't really know much about lifting. I think one of them, she's probably one of the strongest ones we got now. Her name's Alicia. Uh, she was maybe a little bit skeptical because she's been doing cardio classes and stuff like that. Which included some resistance training and circuit training, but she never done a properly structured strength training program. And she also had a really badly injured shoulder, so she couldn't lift her shoulder or arm past like shoulder height without excruciating pain. So because that's I, where your
0: kinesiology yes, comes in.
1: That's where that helped me big time. So I was like, Oh, okay, I know how to re- I know how to deal with that. I know how to work around that. And then I just made sure she's been to physio and whatnot. And okay, what's the physio say? Okay, I can work with that. And then so we just started progressing from there. Just do some light band exercises as part of her program. But what I was, what I do that the physios weren't doing, um, is teaching her strength training. So I teach her how to squat, and teach her how to do some rows. And there's a lot of stuff out of the question. She can't bench press. She can't deadlift because she can't hold the barbell without pain. She can't, uh, you know, overhead. Nothing overhead. You can't do. And we just slowly expand her ability to do more stuff because with isometrics you can strengthen the joint angle 10 to 15 degrees in each direction so if she has an injured uh, joint and she can't lift her arm up past shoulder height well i can strengthen it i can strengthen that range just by hanging out just below there mm-hmm.
0: and then i would do that
1: so i would start doing that and then i'd slowly lift it up and I'd slowly go up a little bit more a little bit more and then slowly hey why don't you try these light dumbbells see if you can press those Oh, slowly. Hey, why don't you try this? See if you can pull this down. See if you press this up. And she'd just slowly expand her horizons. And there was, like, a lot of ups and downs. Like, there's some days where her shoulder was just giving her grief. She'd fucking go home feel like shit. And then, you know, there's good days. I always say, to hey, there's good days and bad days. Sometimes she had good days. Man, she learned a new exercise. She could do it safely, no pain. Fuck, she feels great about herself. She had a new PR. Fuck, she feels great about herself. She became one of the strongest women in our group. Like, she still is. She's still one of the strongest women in our group. And she was actually the first one to bench the big wheel. So that's like the 135 bench press. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big deal for these ladies because, you know, the guys all bench the big wheel. They're trying to get two and three and four wheels or whatever. But the, the females want to bench the one wheel. It's a big fucking deal around yeah, the gym. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, man. It's, it's a big deal for them. And so she was the first one to do it. And she had the injury. So that was just crazy. That was really cool to see. And she could do like chin-ups, pull-ups, all kinds of shit now. Damn. She could do everything. She, she's next level, dude.
0: I still remember the first time I stepped in a gym. It was... Um community center gym with like three of my buddies you know like you're like 13 or 14 years old and like i grew up playing sports so like the first time i wanted to work out was like i just want to be stronger in rugby that was like my main thing growing up and uh i get under a bench and i i have like 135 on because like when you're like 13 you're like that's just where you start you know you're like okay i got this and i unrack it and i'm just sitting with it and I'm just, like, fucking shaking. Like, I, like, literally couldn't balance. And I go to do one, and I just start tipping to one side, dude. Like, it was the oh, most no. humiliating <laughs> thing ever. It was like, man, bench pressing is, like, it, when you first start, almost one of the scariest things, I feel like. It's like, fuck, man. It was so humiliating. Oh, man. I, uh, is that, like, um... Because I've watched like, different videos of you training yep. on your Instagram. Like, you seem to do like a lot of calisthenics stuff. Oh, yeah. like, what kind of workouts do you normally do now? Like, like, compared to like, when you first started, like, how did you get into lifting? Oh. And like, what are you doing now?
1: Good question. Well, When I was in juvenile detention, I was always inspired by calisthenics. Because we couldn't always control when we can go to the gym. Well, we can't really. It depends on when the program is. Right. Some units, you get to go more than others, depending on how everything's structured. But you always have a floor in your room. So you can always do push-ups. You can always do squats. You can always do abs. And So no matter if you want to work out, no matter what program is getting offered that day, you can do it. I even learned how to fill up bags of water and do weights, uh, lift lift bags of water. You just get like a garbage bag, fill it up on it with a sink, and lift that. Fuck. Yeah, water weights.
0: People's fucking excuses just yeah. flying out the window right yeah, now. Yeah,
1: big time. That's why I'm all about that. I'm like, man, I don't even know. And I, I've been quiet about it for a long time sometimes with these people's excuses, but lately, man, I'm just like, Nah, I'm not having it today.
0: <laughs> yeah, fucking squash them all. I love that, dude. So you get, you get, like, bags of water. You're doing, like, mainly calisthenics. Is that, like, yeah. how you've, like, always lifted? You're not doing, like, big fucking, like, 400-pound deadlifts or squats oh, or anything like that? I
1: do that, too. Yeah, so what happened was um, I've done a lot of everything. Like, in juvie, we didn't have barbells or dumbbells. So, so what
0: would you have for fitness so equipment?
1: When we go to the fitness program, um, we'd have, like, cables. So you could do, like, rows, curls, press downs. We'd have some machines. You do bench press machine, overhead press machine, depending what the...
0: Like the weight-selecting machine? Yeah, pin-loaded yeah pin, yeah, pin loaded stuff. Yeah, All, yeah. all
1: pin-loaded. Everything's pin-loaded, basically. And uh, we'd just get down like that. And then I would learn from other inmates, and I would learn from corrections officers. So the corrections officers were always pretty fucking built. Like, most of them are pretty fucking built.
0: Yeah, I've never met a small corrections officer before. No,
1: most of them are fucking built. Now, there was one guy that impacted me that... He wasn't even like a super influential guy or anything. He was just a corrections officer. And I guess looking back, I didn't really know at the time, but he was into CrossFit. And I, I didn't even know what the fuck CrossFit existed or whatever. But what happened was I was into lifting weights and then I went to the track and I would try to run around the track. And I used to smoke, so I could barely run one fucking lap. But over time, I was able to run more. But anyways, I asked this guy. I'm like, hey, like, is it okay to run and lift weights on the same day? And he was like, yeah. But See, here's the thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. But here's the thing. I'm talking to a CrossFitter, right? What if I was talking to a bodybuilder? Maybe he would have been like, no, that's going to ruin your gains, bro. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah. do that. You know, like, minimize the cardio. Don't yeah. do cardio. Yeah. Don't, even, don't even do that shit. I, so I just didn't know. And so I would work out as much times a day as I could. I would lift weights. If I got to go to track that day, I'd run the track. And then uh, if not, then I wouldn't. But if if I was able to, I'd work out as, much as, as many opportunities I got. Sometimes we get to go back to fitness later. There's one... One uh, CEO that sometimes would bring like certain kids to do another lifting session. He'd try to put two blocks together so we get like an hour and a half. He was really into bodybuilding, right? So he'd try to get us in there like that. And then uh, I'd go lift weights there too. So if I, even if I lifted weights earlier or ran or whatever, I don't care. I just want to go to the gym. I want to get off the unit, go do something. Yeah. So I'd do
0: whatever. Yeah, man. I, it's, it's funny, dude. Cause so like the last gym that I worked at was in the same building as a, um, rcmp office oh where like a cop <laughs> shop was literally right downstairs so we get we get cops coming in and like they'd be uh like joining the gym and they'd they'd um we even had like a discount for cops so Whoa. that they could come in and just train oh. but they'd never want people to know that they were cops obviously <laughs> so they would always come in like very inconspicuous like hat <laughs> pulled down yeah like super low-key but, dude, I never, it's so funny how, like, when you when you grow up, like, uh, at least for us, like, um, we always had jokes in our group of friends. Like, how, like, cops were, like, fucking fat and lazy and eating donuts and overweight. Dude, I never met a cop like that. Like, especially because nice. <laughs> we worked in the, in a place, like, in a gym where there's um, a cop shop, like, really, literally downstairs. Like, the gym was the second story and the cop shop was downstairs. Damn. So, like, they were all fucking jacked. Like, all of them fucking built dudes. Like, we never had those fucking... And there was even, like, COs that would work around that area. And even in my first gym, we had a VPD cop shop, like, right around the corner as well. Because we were, like, in North Burnaby East Van area. So we had, like, a bunch of VPD coming in there. And they were all fucking built dudes, man. Like, I I never met a fat, lazy cop. I don't know if you did, but...
1: That's what's up. Later on in in, uh, personal training, I would help... Mm, not a lot of officers but there's some of them struggle but most of them yeah most of them are pretty fucking fit even the ones that are struggling they're still pretty fit but they're just maybe like the diet's all fucked up yeah yeah and yeah. then maybe they did all the fitness the requirements and then they've been slacking yeah but is. no but but yeah i agree most of them are i've actually seen like back when i was in well like in juvie and stuff or even before that like the cops you'd see they'd be like fucking built they'd be you know
0: yeah so so was um because especially now like you're working in a gym so you have a lot more access to equipment like are you still doing calisthenic workouts all the time because that's what i see you posting on instagram like a lot of calisthenic stuff um do you do you do like heavy lifting like are you into like squats and deadlifts oh yeah
1: oh yeah 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 big time so basically i I, once i got released i got into the barbells and i always wanted to it just took me a little bit of a learning curve and then um I would get into, like, boxing and stuff, too. So that had a huge calisthenics component. And then after that, I would get into uh, powerlifting because I liked lifting heavy. The big part of my thing with weight training was um, I like how it makes me feel. And because I struggled with uh, mental health and, like, anger was a huge thing for me at at those younger ages when I was a youth, I would, like, want to bench real heavy or squat or deadlift real heavy. And uh, that would make me feel better. So I was getting pretty strong. And then uh, I was interested in strength, so later on I would get more mentors that would teach me how to lift heavy weights and like, yeah, I competed in powerlifting once. Damn. Yeah, yeah, it, just like small time shit. But you know, I, squ- I squatted. I think I was a buck ninety at the time. Squatted like four fifty. Holy shit! And dude. then I deadlifted like five oh nine or five twenty at the time. Just
0: small time stuff,
1: right? It's small time <laughs> shit because check it out. I just happened to be in the lower age category. It was almost my birthday though. But the guys in the upper age category. This one motherfucker in my weight class deadlifted like 700 pounds. Dude, that's nuts. Bro, I was like, what the, what? That's nuts. Yeah, I was listening to him talk after, like, uh, I guess after the event or whatever. I was listening to him talk, and he was saying, yeah, he's like, I lift it in my basement. It's like cold in there. Everything feels super heavy. But then when he go to the, when he went to the event, the meat. Yeah, the the meet, then um it's hype. Like people are taking scoops of pre-workout. Oh, there's chalk everywhere. There's music. People are fucking hype each other. There's people lifting big ass weights around here. You're hype. You know, it's energy. Yeah. And so he pulled. He's like, I didn't even know I could lift that much. Damn, dude. Yeah. He's like, I think I got it. So I went. I think that's what. He, I think that's how he went down with it. But yeah. So I ended up doing that, and I got into bodybuilding after that.
0: That's nuts, man. Yeah. So yeah. where along the lines? Because you said you were struggling a lot with like anger and mental health, and that's oh, yeah, obviously time. obviously like um it's something that i've struggled with as well like i talk about it all the fucking time on my podcast i didn't even really know i had anger issues until like the last few years and then i started reflecting more on my life and it's like yeah all those times you put your fucking hand through walls all those times you scream at yeah. people getting fucking stupid fights like it's like such a common thing i feel like with uh with men Um, like, when did you kind of start to recognize, okay, like, I've got some issues going on with my mental health. I've got some issues going on with anger. Like, obviously, there's red flags going left, right, and center. But, like, when did you kind of start to realize, like, okay, I think I have an issue. I need a bit of help.
1: Oh, man, I've known it since I was, like, a young age, man. I've been doing counseling since I was, like, 12 or something. I had, uh, I, I don't know, I guess anger or something. I don't know. I went to see a counselor when I was 12 at school. Helped me through some things. And then so I had a good experience with counseling. So then later on, like my dad was so opposed to it. He's like, don't tell nobody about your problems. Da, 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 da. But what my expe- my experience with counseling was good. So that I've actually forgot about that. That was a huge part of my life for business counseling. I haven't been doing it for a bit now. But, um, yeah, I continued to have counselors. Like when I went to jail, you'd have counselors. Mm-hmm. So I always had a counselor. I had a drug and alcohol counselor. I had uh, just a regular counselor. And then um, when I went to the Prince George jail, I got another counselor. It took me a while to get, you know, break in or whatever. But then uh, then he became like one of my closest people. And then even when I got out, I would go to his office outside because he had an office um, on the outs, too. So I'd go see him every week for like years. So he's like my main dude. And then uh, I always knew I had a problem with mental health. So I would um, and I was aware of it even in juvie. So that's why I had such good behavior, man. Like I would know, oh, I'm feeling angry. I got to go work out. And so I would work out, like, fucking intensely because I was mad, like, a lot. So I worked out, like, really fucking hard, man. It wasn't like um, I'm just working out and feeling good. I'm like, I got to get rid of this energy. Like, I'm fucking on the ground just, like, bomb, 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 like, hammering out these push-ups. And then when I go to the gym, I'm, like, beasting shit out. Like, once I got good at working out, I had to push myself hard. And I would see other youth do it too. And that was one of the things that inspired me was I seen another youth, and you could, like, see the pain in him. Like, when he was doing his rows – I remember watching him on this cable stack. I'll never forget it. He was lifting some heavy-ass weights. He had someone spotting him and shit. And he was just like, like I could just hear him like, ah, ah. And he's like lifting these fucking weights and like with the utmost intensity. And you could like see the pain in him. You know what I mean? And I was like, but he was like using it. And I was like, damn, like that's cool. And then, uh, yeah, that was like, that really helped me. And then later on when I was in like college and shit, or not even college, when I was in that TAPS program, like I hated my home life. Uh, at the time. And so, um, yeah, I would work out super hard like just to, just to mitigate that. Or if I had any kind of anxiety or uh, anger when I was in school, like throughout college, university, I'd go straight to the gym and fucking hammer it out. Even if I was only – like even if I already worked out earlier. Like this is the thing. If I worked out earlier in the day and I am have a fucking uh, an episode, like I'm starting to get fucking angry, I would be like, I'm, I have to go to the gym. I have to go to the gym. I get to the gym. Like intense, man. Like mm-hmm. some days, I remember one in particular – I went straight to the squat rack, put three plates aside on the shit, and just started hammering out squats. I'm talking, like, no warm-up. I just walked in there fucking fuming. And I'm like, fuck you, fuck you. And I'm, like, lifting these fucking weights, like, hammering them out, like, rep after rep after rep. And, like, people in the gym must have thought I was fucking nuts. I got, like, spit flying out of my mouth. I'm fucking swearing at myself. And I would just do that over and over and over again until I felt better, and I would leave.
0: Oh yeah. Man. <laughs> so it was like, it, was it always like kind of uh, like fitness was like kind of your your way to vent out that anger, Absolutely, that frustration. Bro.
1: That's why I worked out so much. Like, I, there was a point in my life where I worked out five times a day.
0: That's insanity. Yeah. As
1: man. soon as I got out of, um, once I got out of that program and I got into my own house, I was like, oh my god, the floodgates have opened. <laughs> like, I'm signed up for boxing. I'm going to the gym every day. I go run in the mornings. I tried to go swim if I could. I had a TRX at home. I tried to do that workout. That's five workouts.
0: That's uh, nuts. Not, not. I
1: would try to do like sometimes I do three workouts, but some days I do five. Some days I just do two, whatever. But throughout my whole training career, I've done two a days, three a days, like crazy shit
0: yeah 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 and so when you start doing because obviously that's a pretty like i think that that's a pretty solid uh addiction to have or a pretty solid coping mechanism to have like when you're going through counseling were there any other like uh coping mechanisms or like ways that you could kind of uh deal with the frustration the anger the any other mental health issues that you had like when you went through counseling did they give you other tools that you could use
1: yeah man like it's so i try to think of something that off the top of my head that i still use but Some of them would be like context dependent, I guess, and some of it they would just be educating me on stuff. Like um, they tell you about the something. There's like a tree, man. It's like an emotion tree or some shit like that. You write the you got the emotion, but then you got like that's like the branches, and then you got the roots. Like what's what's causing it? Something along those lines. That was kind of cool. So you realize that your emotions aren't like I don't know. That's that's not the real thing that's happening here. Like there's something underlying. Or um, a lot of it might come down to, like, one root cause emotion, like uh, like sadness or something, or, or, or something along those lines. But, yeah, a lot of uh, other ones, like preventative measure, like proactive measures, like writing in a journal. So I'd write in a journal a lot. I have, like, stacks of journals. I would just fucking write and write and write. I learned a lot about that, too, because I used to write a lot of uh, negative shit. Like, I'd vent in my journals. And then I'd, later on, I learned that um, venting in the journal is actually not good because it's more negativity like by the end of the time i get to the end of the passage you know i'd feel better and i'd have a positive outcome but i still just spent all this time writing all this negative shit what i learned later was like to collect you know good quality positive thoughts and then try to review those and reflect on those and just keep moving in a positive direction but yeah a a lot of it would come down to like yeah recognizing emotions and um choosing more like positive things instead of um just reacting you know or just trying to create space in the situation walk away um, just stuff like that.
0: Yeah. I always, um, one of the things I learned in the last couple of years that I find about myself is like anger. I feel like I always, I call it a uh, secondary emotion. Yeah. Like it's like, yeah. It, it happens after a fir- like the first emotion. And for myself, it's usually like concussions have led me to be like confused a lot of the time or like kind of like anxious a lot of the time. Mm. And if I get scared or confused or sad, I like to mask that with anger. Uh, Like, I don't like someone thinking, oh, he's confused about this or he's sad or he's like, I don't like, I like (laughs) something inside me wants to hide that from people. Uh, So if I feel scared or anxious or confused or anything like that, it comes out of me as frustration and anger. mm -hmm. That's the way that I like my personality masks it like subconsciously. Do you get what I'm saying? I think so. So like, like, um. I'll have to ask myself sometimes, like, because there's so many times where like I'll find myself fuming mad, like I'm fucking clenching my fists, Damn. my clenching my jaws, and I'm like, "What's going on with me?" And it's like, yeah. "Oh, you're feeling pissed, like you're yeah. feeling angry," yeah. and I, you can recognize it after a while, right? That's and good. then, and then I ask myself, like, "Why are you feeling angry?" And it's like, "Oh, you're actually confused, or you're actually scared, you're actually like anxious, or like you're like it's like this weird like thought process that you have to like go through of like." digging like deeper to find like the the root of like okay why am i angry oh i'm actually sad well why am i actually sad you know what i mean like yeah bro yeah do you you get where i'm absolutely yeah did you did you get did um did you get anything like that through the counseling or through like books that you've read or
1: um i don't know if i can think of it offhand i'm sure there's something I find, like, when you read this stuff or learn this stuff, it, like, sits with you for a bit, and then it starts to work on you. Mm-hmm. It takes, takes time. Like, sometimes you'd be reading a book, and you're like, I don't even know what the fuck this is telling me. And then, like, a couple months later, they're like, oh, shit, that's that book. I remember this. Yeah, It's yeah, like an yeah. epiphany. You're like, holy shit. It's like it, it, it's like a delayed effect. Sometimes you read it, and you're like, oh, that makes sense, and it works on you then. But a lot of times, it's, like, later, and then it and then it impacts you. But, yeah, yeah definitely I've uh, I could see that, yeah, where – anger is like an expression of like your your sadness or whatever mm-hmm. frustration or something have you have you uh, cuz
0: you, you said you started reading when you were in juvie the first time right yeah when I was 17 um did you have any books that kind of stand out throughout your whole life that that impacted you deeply
1: absolutely man like i would say my two favorite books are probably seven habits of highly effective people by stephen covey and think and grow rich by napoleon hill those those are like my two favorites i like to re- reflect back on like i think there's some There's some flaws in the Think and Grow Rich. Like, I I don't know. But uh, so a lot of people take it the wrong way. Or maybe they don't like Napoleon Hill specifically. But, like, if you look at the steps in the book, you're like, dude, this just makes sense. Like, you're you're basically going to create a definite major purpose for yourself and focus on that every day. Make plans of action and transmute, like, these emotions. Like, even, like, the stuff we talk about transmuting emotions into something positive, it's in that book. Uh, He writes about it a little bit differently, but it does all go together. And it's kind of one of those things that's like, whoa, this guy really did go in depth and make like a a plan to achieve any goal. If you literally follow this plan, you'll achieve it. It's it's crazy, but it takes a while because it's hard to hard to grasp at first. And I think he intentionally makes it kind of vague, but he's like, just keep reading this book and you will it will come to you. And you're just like, what the fuck? But it keeps you reading, keeps you reading, keeps you reading. But then all these things, you reflect back on it. And if you actually do the steps, I think a lot of people read the book but didn't do the steps. Like the steps is like you have to write down your definite major purpose and review that daily, like every morning and every night. You're basically using self-hypnosis. And then, uh, and then he talks about auto-suggestion. So like, that's like stuff you, you say to yourself, you know what I mean? Or you can auto-suggest something to yourself, you know what I mean? Um, something you repeat every day to yourself. And it just keeps you focused. Because, man, there's so many distractions in our life that pull us each which way. And we're like, we don't even know where we're going. You ask anybody, you're like, yo, what's like your goal? What's your purpose? Like A lot of people are like, I don't know. Like, what the fuck? So you're just getting pulled everywhere by somebody else. Somebody else has a purpose. And then you're a pawn at that point if you don't have one. You know what I mean? You're a, you're someone else's pawn. You know what I mean? And uh, that, that's kind of that's kind of a scary thought. But I think that's why things are a lot of the way they are. Because we're so distracted and, like, uh, you know, all these – Things are so convenient. Like these foods are hyper palatable and easy to get, and they they're marketing to everybody. So everybody's being marketed to. There's another book I read called Mind Manipulation. It talks about this. Like they'll get you through your sight, they'll get you through your ears, they'll get you through your nose, they'll get you through your mouth, they'll get you through any organs, sex organs, any organs, or any uh, openings in your body. They're gonna get you through there. This is marketing. They they hit you with a vision. Uh, McDonald's, you see the golden arches. You smell the McDonald's. You're like, oh, whoa, what the fuck? And you, you, if you've eaten there, you're like, oh, I remember what that is. I remember how it feels. They put sugar in the food. It, get, it does something to your brain. That came through your mouth. So they're getting you through all these different areas. You're hearing the songs. that You probably have a song pop in your head, right, when you think of McDonald's. It comes right up in your head. They done marketed this fucking message to us, like, over and over and over and over and over. And so now here we are going through the drive-thru, grabbing a fucking Big Mac and, like, a Coke and, like, a whatever. And then we're just, like, sitting in our car and then, like, We're going home, and then we're sitting on the couch, and then we're watching TV, which is somebody else giving us information. We're not being purposeful with what's in our brain and what we're doing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Did you have like? um, Did you? When did you kind of set a uh, like a a direction for yourself? Because I, I it sounded like like, kind of going through, like, juvie and then getting out, going back to an institution after that, like, kind of falling into, like, uh, kinesiology, It like, it seemed like kind of, like, dominoes were just, like, flicked and then like they just yeah. kept, like, going down and down and down. Yeah. When did you kind of think of, like, a direct path for yourself, like, along that process?
1: Damn. I think Sue McDonald helped me because she was like, you can be a trainer. And she called me an athlete. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, I started thinking of myself differently. So my self-concept started to shift. So I started looking at myself like an athlete. And then I'm, I'm a student, so now I'm an athlete and a student. So I started living like an athlete and living like a student. So I started studying athletes. And then uh, like Mike Tyson was one of the ones that inspired me to get up earlier because I see him wake up at 4 and going for his run. And this guy's just a straight savage. He comes from a similar kind of background. You know, He came from the streets and shit and uh, turned his life around in a positive way using boxing. So it's like, okay, there's this something here. So I don't know. I just kept going in that direction. I knew I was going to finish my diploma. I knew I was going to finish that degree. I knew I was going to be a trainer. I didn't know how far I was going to take it. I couldn't really see that far ahead. Sometimes I would think about it, like when I read Seven Habits, um, they tell you think of a mission statement, or they tell you think of what's it going to be like when you retire from your job. Like, what are you going to say? What are you? You know, I mean, who's going to be there at your party or whatever? Or what, what are you going to say at your funeral? So you start thinking of these kind of things, and that helps provide direction. But I don't know if I ever had like a very very clear direction. Today I have a more clear direction. Like I kind of do, but. Some of it, I feel like, like I said earlier, was like it couldn't be planned. Mm-hmm. So part of me just had to kind of trust the process and just know that I'm going in a good direction. Because maybe setting a definite, like something super definite and concrete might block me from all the other great things that are about to happen. So maybe I don't know. Um, but I just knew that I had to stay on a good path and not go into the negativity. And I had that epiphany probably i was 17 sitting in my room in the, in the juvenile detention center and i was just sitting there reflecting looking out the window and i was just like damn if i keep doing stuff like i've been doing i'm gonna keep coming back to places like this and i'm 17 so next time i go to jail i'm probably gonna go to adult jail and i'm really fucked. yeah and so i just was like i'm just gonna keep staying on this path and continue there and i, I didn't really know exactly where I was gonna go
0: yeah man that's that's fucking crazy man yeah. so like um I know for, like, moving forward, like, it sounds like you've got, like, a pretty concrete way of thinking about, like, how you're going to be moving forward in terms of, like, building your business. Like, do you have any, like, huge goals that you're moving towards right now? Like, anything that's, like, the next step?
1: Oh, yeah. So, I've totally launched uh, online uh, training. It's fucking sick. Like, I'm fully on board with it. It took me so long to get into it. Like, I was first introduced to online coaching like in 2019 or 2020 probably when COVID and everything. And I was like, I fucking hate this technology shit. I'm not doing this shit. I don't want to put nothing on an app. I don't want to use a fucking app. I like doing everything by <laughs> pen and paper. I do everything pen and paper. Yeah, yeah, I have all my programs on pen and paper, man. It, even my clients, like all the clients they are killing it, they write everything down on paper. But then um, I started doing the, I started actually doing it myself on the app and learning from somebody who's actually a, an accomplished coach. And I was like, Oh shit. I like this app. This is kind of cool. I could totally see the value in this. Mm -hmm. So then I started um, signing up clients and putting them on the app. And I was like, dude, this is fucking sick. Like, if I don't get to see this person every day, like, I at least know that they're doing these workouts. And then it becomes more of a coaching that's not solely focused on workout. Like, in the gym, I was, like, solely focused on workout. And the downside was that I couldn't really – Like, at first, that first program where they were really into um, the reading of the books and the meditation stuff, I was able to teach the personal development side. But then working with um, the groups of women, like, I would give them books, and we would talk about that stuff, and we would do that stuff. But it wasn't quite the same, and it was more focused on exercise specifically and diet and a lot of really, like, really exercise dependent. So bridging that gap, when I started to go online, I can't see them in person and teach them the barbell lifts like I would teach someone in the gym. But it's uh, it's more of a lifestyle coaching as well. So yeah, they're gonna have workout plans, diet plans, nutrition, and we're gonna do um, we're we're gonna talk about mindset. We're gonna talk about you know we are gonna talk about the philosophy behind working out know, and proper diet, and so they can avoid uh, avoid all the bullshit. That's why we do like weekly Zoom calls where we have all the clients on the same call. They can ask questions and get answered in depth, and so we can actually have like open discussion and conversation. But a huge part of it is just like the overall lifestyle of it. And the coaching is more like we're going to get rid of your fucking limiting beliefs because that's what's really holding people back right now is, is uh, limiting beliefs. They don't think they can do it. You know what I mean? And then they don't have a plan of action. Well, now they have a plan of action, a coach that's holding them accountable and an app where they're actually like plugging in their numbers and um, able to track their weight and attract their um, progress photos and different things like that. But it's more holistic, you know? We can study books and shit like that and talk about that on the calls, too.
0: That's sick, man. So, like, when did you start? Was it, like, it during COVID, the the, the pandemic, uh, where you transitioned over to that fully?
1: Yeah, no. So, actually, I was, like, fuck this, and I started teaching at the track again. (laughs) I was, like, fuck this shit. So, I taught outside, an outdoor workout program for, like, a year straight, like, every season at 5 in the morning. Hell, yeah, dude. Yeah. Tab was in that one. And then...
0: um... You you just recently switched over to this?
1: Yeah, like maybe like I was always doing a little bit of online stuff, but I was still doing the same format. Like I'd send over like a plan, and we would um, do coaching on that, and then um, but yeah, we're just basically building on that now. So we have like apps we use and stuff like that. We could I can actually like see them track their food and track their weights and everything like in real time. So it's it's much uh, much better process. I could totally see myself expanding with this. Um, process i love online coaching now whereas before i was like fuck online coaching (laughs) (laughs) like in person is the shit but even with online coaching it's not like an online client can't come fucking see me if they're local we're gonna work out like what do you mean of course we're working out
0: i was about to ask that that was my next question is do you still train people in person
1: oh yeah all the time every day so that's the thing i'm so busy now that like you can't really it's really hard to book a one-on-one session with me so you would have to be um a very determined regimented person you have to prove that through your work ethic and then and then you can come in the gym and train with the group but the group is like fucking solid so anybody that joins that group they have to be solid so we got to make sure that we're bringing in the right people because the wrong people will fuck up the whole program
0: right yeah have you had like kind of people that bring like negativity or toxicity into the group where you kind of have to like distance yourself like <laughs> a little bit yo you need to fucking back off a little
1: bit you know what i you know one thing i noticed though is that um people weed themselves out yeah because we're so on it like even in people in your personal life we're so on it you won't have the same people around you unless they're ready to fucking go that route like i always say that about relationships a lot of people are like oh you're strong you're fit you know you know, I wonder if you want to date my friend or whatever. you want to, you know what I mean? They're interested in me or whatever. I'm like, dude, you think you want to fuck with me, but I, you're not going to like, you're not going to think like that when I wake up at two <laughs> 30 in the morning to go read these books and go do these workouts. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? Stay and cuddle. I'm like, I don't do that, dude. I'm up. Yeah. I'm doing this. I don't, I don't do that. So yeah, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> they don't I, know they're not ready. Like you got to be regimented if you're going to do that. I know, man.
0: It, it, you, it's funny because uh, if my girlfriend listens to this, she's going to be just laughing her ass off because since we've started dating, like it's like I think there's probably ten times I've stayed in bed later than six a.m. Yeah, like, no doubt. Yeah, does, that's right. That's right. It just doesn't happen. Like I'm up at four o'clock every day and every night. Like I'm at like eight o'clock, eight thirty, nine o'clock. I'm like I'm going to sleep all the lights out like i fucking just turn off all the lights they're like i'm going to sleep like you can do whatever you want just please don't keep me up i'm going to sleep like you can live your life however you like i'm not telling you you got to do what i do but like four o'clock in the morning i'm getting up i'm gonna go for a run i'm gonna fucking do some reading i'm gonna do some journaling Fuck like yeah. that's like and and she's been really good about it man she's supportive about it and like I, I always joke like there's no one else that would be down with that. You know what That's I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, it's yeah. like, I, I love what you said because I feel like a lot of people when they start doing like a self-development journey or they wanna improve their lives, they think like, oh, I'm gonna have to cut out my friends. Like a lot of times, like, even if you wanna get sober, like if you got like drug and alcohol problems, Substance abuse issues, like, people are like, oh, I got to cut out all my friends. Like, you don't have to cut out shit, dude. People are going to fuck off.
1: Oh, yeah. You have to be strong enough.
0: Yeah. You got to just say, the only thing you have to say no to is hanging out in certain areas at certain times. like. I like I I started going through a process when I fucking started sobering up and started like stop doing drugs stop partying and I was like hey I'm just going all in on fitness and like mental health like I just want to feel good like I'm fucking tired of faking it like I actually just want to feel good and I'd have like my old buddies ask me like yo you want to chill you want to hang out and I'd be like what do you want to do. (laughs) <laughs> like, it's dependent on what you want to do Because if it's just sitting around Smoking fucking dope And fucking playing video games Like chilling out I'm not interested bro Like yeah. you want to catch a workout I'm fucking down 100% Like you want to go for a run I'm fucking down You want to just meet up and stretch and chill? I'm down for that. 100, yeah. But, like, I'm not fucking just getting high and playing video games anymore. That's not what I do anymore, dude. Like, I'm not going to the bar and fucking blowing my paycheck on fucking booze. Like, it's I'm not down. 100%. And people just started, like, literally, I didn't have to cut out anyone. Like, it's just, like, after people realized, I'm going to say no if you ask me to get high and play fucking video games. (laughs) They just stopped asking. And I haven't fucking seen them for a f- Like, you know, like, where are they? I don't fucking see them, you know? Straight like up. I didn't have to cut them out. Right. They cut themselves out.
1: That's right. Yeah, the world has a weird thing of doing that. Even, like, committed relationships. And um, I definitely had some experiences with that where I am just on my regimen. And uh, I didn't have to, like, go out of my way to, like break up the relationship it just tends to go different ways
0: yeah and even like us meeting like it's like the more yeah. you fucking oh, yeah. work out the more you fucking show your life off you're just like yo this is what i do and people like it's it's funny because like uh you know some people they'll fucking wake up early and they'll do it for like a couple weeks straight and they'll, they'll, that'll be their fucking thing but it's like dude you fucking post a good morning post at four o'clock every fucking day every day for fucking months on end yeah. people are gonna see like oh this guy's actually about it. Yeah. And like the more you're fucking training, the more you're reading, the more you're journaling, the more you're fucking actually just doing these things. Other people that do these things are going to fucking connect with you. Like there's been yeah. so many fucking people I've connected with through Instagram where it's like, yo, I fuck with what you're doing, man. I like the way you said this thing. I'd like that. You're always fucking training hard. And, people aren't even always doing the same things like there's people that fucking do jujitsu or mma that just like have the same work ethic there's people that do like yoga and they have the same work ethic there's people like yourself where you're like into calisthenics and you have the same work ethic like everyone that kind of has like hey we're all on different paths but it's like you're about fucking discipline getting your life fucking better speaking about like the actual fucking shit that you go through uh like fucking just wanting to feel better look better and like try and lift other people up along the process people are gonna fucking connect you know like you're gonna be a magnet to other people that have the same fucking energy
1: hell yeah i think the same thing because i'm like dude if i seen someone else posting this shit i'd be fucking watching it (laughs) I, i watch my own shit i'm like Yo, that actually helped me out today. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I need yeah. To hear that. <laughs> yeah, fuck <laughs> I need yeah. Need to hear dude. that today. Yeah,
0: did have you had like any of your friends like trying like because I I noticed like there's always like the crabs in the bucket kind of effect where oh, like yeah. people in the very beginning when you start these processes they're like bro you don't have to take it so seriously like you can fucking chill out and sleep in like you can do this you can do that like have you had people try and pull you down along the way?
1: Yeah, yeah, I totally had that. Yeah, I had it, well, I was in a relationship like kind of like that where she didn't like. Uh, She didn't like me getting up early. She didn't like me always going to train clients every day and uh, wanted me to sleep in, wanted me to stay up late. And for a while, like, I was staying up late, but I was still getting up early. So it was really fucking me over. And so I had to stop doing that. And then I wasn't quite where at the level I'm at now because right now I've got my bearings about me where I'm just like, no, it's non-negotiable. Like, I don't even, like, it's not even a question, you know. But, yeah, there's definitely people that, oh, man, I got some good experiences, too, like even even long before, like back when I was in PG, still, this is a common thing. I go to like church groups and st- go to like church groups and stuff, and they would like offer me like ice cream and stuff like that. Like, I'd be like, no, no, I don't, I don't do that. I'm not eating that. And then uh, they'd be like, oh, come on, you know, just have it a little bit. And I'm like, no. But I was just like, why do they keep, why are they pushing it on me? Because it was weird. I would be like, no, no, thanks, I'm good. Like, oh, are you sure? Like, uh, yeah, I'm sure. I uh, know, I'm good. And they'd be like, you should just have some. And they, they would be persistent. Like, sometimes I actually would take it. And then um, I was just like, why do people do that? Like, why do they really want me to eat this ice cream when they know I'm an athlete and uh, I'm serious about my health and fitness? Like, why, do, why are they pushing that on me? And uh, same thing with drinking, too. Like, I, I know people probably experience that a lot with drinking, where it's like, oh, just have a bit. Just have a drink. Just have a drink. And you're just like, "Nah." And you're like, come on. And they're like, come on. You know what I mean? And you're yeah. like, okay. Don't be the guy that's like, okay. If you say no, you got to say no and then stick to it. You know what I mean? And that was a really hard thing, cause I've definitely been through that before too, and like yeah, my past try to come back and, and haunt me sometimes, try to come back and get me, but uh, I had to just be solid in what I'm doing, and I think this year I've probably I'm probably the most solid I've ever been on this path. Like, and I feel like I'm just getting started now. Like, that's the craziest shit
0: dude that's like that i feel like the exact same way actually it's kind of funny like i feel like i'm just getting on the right path and it's like i've been doing this shit for like a couple years now and it's like today still feels like day one yeah dude like it's like fuck. i still get the same feeling like i it took me i think this morning i was like okay i'm gonna work out at like 10 o'clock i was like i fucking shoveled snow all morning i came inside i had a little meal and i was like okay i'm gonna start my workout and then there was like, oh, I, fuck, I, I got to take care of this first. So yeah. I got to do some laundry first. And then it's like, I think it was like 11.45 when I was finally like, okay, fuck this. Yeah. I need to start my fucking workout. Like, it's oh, like yeah. still the same mental process of like, oh, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'll do it later until like two hours passed. I'm like, okay, fuck this. I need to do this fucking workout now. Yeah. And it's like, uh, it's funny how like that process, like people think like, uh, sorry, can you just that thank you sorry um my dog just almost knocked over the camera she'd probably still do it but um people think that like as you go like along this journey like shit gets easier and easier and easier like it's like it, like you don't have to deal with the same fucking problems in your head but like right. i I'm, I'm still like fuck man it's been years since i've been training every single day and still i have that mental conversation where it's like I'll do it later. I'll fucking do it later, man. Like, do you
1: still feel that same resistance? Dude, big time. Like, uh, the biggest one for me is, like, when I wake up in the morning. Because a lot of people are like, what time do you go to bed? What time do you go to bed? Because they they see how early I'm getting up. I'm like, honestly, it doesn't really matter what time I go to bed because the alarm goes off and I have to get up. So if I stayed up late, 9 or 10 or something, I got to get up at when my alarm goes off, which a lot of time right now is, like, 2.30. So if it goes off at 2.30, I have to get up at 2.30. And, like, dude, I'm, like, mid-dream. All right, mid dream, I'm like comfortable in the bed. Alarm goes off, it's on the other side of the house, so I have to get up. And then I get my ass up, and I'm like, dude, I want to go be- back to bed so fucking badly, like <laughs> so badly. And it's cold these days, so you're up, it's cold, so you want the warm bed. And like, fuck, mid dream, like say you're having a good dream or something. You're like, damn, what the hell? Why do? Why am I awake? And then, yeah, just one thing into another. So I go to the, go to the washroom. I turn the coffee pot on, and then like one thing to the next thing to the next thing. I'm like, okay, I'm up. And then I'm up. I'll do a set of push-ups. I might even uh film a set of push-ups and post it on my um Instagram or something like that on my story and then write something positive about that. And then whatever I'm thinking about that morning and then uh and then I'm awake and I'm like and then I feel this like intense feeling of like dude, I'm so glad I got up early. Like I'm so glad I got up cuz like now I can accomplish all these things I wanted to do today. And then and then I accomplish all those things every day, and I always feel amazing. So then it becomes a little bit easier to get up in the morning because I remember how great it felt when I accomplished everything. And then I remember how shitty it feels to sleep in. I know it's been a long time since I've slept in, but I don't like how it makes me feel, like, afterwards. You know what I mean? At the time, you're like, oh, yeah, I get to sleep. But you're not even having a good sleep anyway. I see like People will, like, sleep through their fucking alarm, like, seven times. Or they hit the snooze, hit the snooze, hit the snooze, set another alarm, hit the snooze. Like, why are you doing that? The alarm is set. Why don't you just get up? You know what I mean? It just trips me out because, like, obviously you want to get up at that time. And they would be like, you're making me feel bad because, um, you know, you think I need to get up early. I'm like, I'm not telling you you need to get up early. Your alarm is set for this time and you're not <laughs> doing it. Like, you're not doing what you said you're going to do. That's, like, the ultimate. That's, like, that would be a good recipe to, like, feel bad about yourself is, like, here, say you're going to do something and then don't do it. That's what I would tell someone to do if they're like, How do I become depressed? Yeah. How do I like lose confidence in myself? Like, oh <laughs> I have a good idea for you. So just set a goal that you really want to do, right? And then just like don't do it. Just make an excuse. That's why you feel that's why people feel like shit. Like it's a, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know it's what like, I mean? Follow make a co-
0: make a commitment and then never follow through with it. And subconsciously <laughs> teach yourself that you can't do things that you say you want to do.
1: Yeah, tell yourself you suck at this and that you shouldn't even bother trying. Like, dude, even if you suck at something, you should at least try
0: yeah dude 100%. if it's what you're
1: meant to do or what you think you should do
0: 100 percent, man um fuck dude i think we should try and wrap this up and kind of put a little bow on it but i was gonna ask you like so for someone that's kind of maybe in a similar position that you were like maybe like maybe not quite at juvie but maybe they're in juvie i don't know if they could listen to this at that oh, point okay. but um for someone that's kind of just starting like a, a journey for themselves uh in self-development or their physical fitness or whatever it could be like what kind of advice would you give to somebody that's just starting off? Like maybe they're fucking overweight. Maybe they're addicted to drugs. Maybe they're oh, yeah. f- like, fuck, they feel like they're fucked.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yo, there's a lot of different ways you can spin it. Like I remember when I was a kid, I would try to get on the ground and do push ups. Like even when I was 15 in that trailer or 14 or whatever age I was, 15, I would try to get on the ground and do ups. Um, I wanted to change. Like I wanted to change and I knew fitness would help me, but I didn't know. Like I just didn't know. So Honestly, I'm biased, obviously, because I'm a coach, but I think people should hire a coach because the coach will give you the program, the coach will give you all the fucking programs, and they'll help answer all your questions. So it just streamlines the process. And then uh, especially somebody like me that has a mental health background, like in my personal life, I structure workouts based on that too, If especially depending on what people are going through. But even if someone didn't have a coach, if they had nothing at all, I mean, you have to work out. Like you have to go... Even if it's something simple, like, I like running because sometimes strength training is too complicated for people at first. If, like, if they had absolutely nothing, you know what I mean? I'm just talking about if someone had absolutely nothing, they could figure out how to run around the block a bunch of times. Or go to the biggest set of stairs they can find and run up and down that shit. Because that stuff, it releases endorphins and stuff, and it, like, gives you a feel-good mood. So if you're in a bad mood, it'll, li- it'll lift you up. So I would say exercise first and then get into a positive message. So listen to a podcast or read a book. Or something positive, like anything positive. And then after that, you get into um, positive action. So it could be something for your work, uh, something for a friend. You do something nice for somebody. Or it could also be like cooking a healthy meal. Like maybe you're going to prepare meals for the next few days so you always have something healthy to eat. And so that way, even if you felt like absolute dog shit about yourself and hated your life, and let's say the process didn't make you feel better, which usually by the end of your workout you feel better. But let's just say the whole thing didn't work, felt like shit after, do it again. Do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again. Over and over and over and over and over. Repeat the process. Exercise. Even if it's a set of push-ups or a set of squats. I don't give a damn. set of abs or something. Then get into positive thinking. So you're going to read a book, take a course, I don't know, whatever people are into, listen to a podcast. Then you're going to do something positive. It could be something for your work. Like maybe you're going to, yeah, maybe something you're starting a business. I don't know what people are doing, but something like that. And just continue repeating that process. You know, in a month you're going to be like, man, I'm in a better position. Like my body looks better. I feel better about myself because I'm actually doing positive shit. And so now you actually have something like a real thing to feel grateful for. I find it funny that like people are like self-love and everything. you got to feel good about yourself, but it's like, well, you maybe you have, maybe people have reasons to feel like shit about themselves because like when I was a kid, yeah, maybe I felt like um, not loved or appreciated by my family or whatever at the time, but, and like nobody gave a fuck about me, but what if I was like working out all the time and fucking killing it? Like, what if somebody like me came through and was like, "No, don't worry about that shit, yo." Read this book. Hey, don't worry about that shit. Come to the gym with me. Hey, don't worry about that shit. Eat this healthy food. And then I would have been, like, killing it. And like, hey, come to the boxing gym with me. Like, I would have been killing it. No matter what the fuck's going on at home, I wouldn't give a fuck. Right, right. I would be like, dude, I'm the shit. Like, I don't give a fuck about what's happening at home. That's what I do today. Like, there's shit going on in my life. There's always shit going on in my life. Like, there's always something, dude. And and people don't even know the half of it. And uh, especially this fucking year. And uh, people wouldn't even know. But it's like, dude I just Pour more energy into this. If I feel like I don't have control of my circumstances, I just control my diet more. I work out harder. I read more books. I work on my business. Bro, I fucking love that shit. It makes me feel good. And then I don't even give a fuck about the other stuff. I'm killing it. I'm winning right now.
0: Dude, this conversations make me want to bang out push-ups and go for <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I want to go for a fucking another workout. Straight dude.
1: up. That's what I'm saying. Like, There's no, no reason you can't. And if the goal is mental health related, a huge thing I learned about in school, because I went and studied this. Um, cause you could write papers, right? And I noticed that I had a connection between my mental health and my workout. So I looked it up and I did a research paper on this. So I had to look at research and compile it and write a well-written, um, paper. I can't remember how many words it was or whatnot, but it was a decent sized paper. And what I, one thing I found is that a bout of exercise, uh, the more intense, the better can, um, reduce symptoms of anxiety and depression for two to five hours afterwards. Two to five hours. I'm like, shit. So no wonder I was working out five times a day. Yeah, yeah. I needed that.
0: If I work out two times a day, that's 10 hours of fucking feel-good Yeah, potentially,
1: yeah. That could last you a day. You could have a great day after that. And I noticed, like, when I had shitty workouts, I just felt like shit. I don't know. Like, man, a a lot of people are going to be like, that's unhealthy or whatever. Like, man, I don't think so. I think it's healthy. Like, if you feel like shit about yourself and then you sit on the couch and eat cheeseburgers or bonbons or chocolate almonds or something... And that's socially acceptable. So nobody says that's unhealthy. They're like, oh, don't say anything about people being overweight. But, dude, it's like if someone uh, go and uses heroin or crack when they feel like shit about themselves, well, then everybody judges them. If someone goes and works out when they feel like shit about themselves, oh, you're crazy. You're weird. If someone goes and eats ice cream when they feel shit about themselves, they're like, oh, me too. It's cool. Like, what that's the great. fuck?
0: Dude, especially as well, like, if you uh in the mental health world, like, if you recommend – you're like, someone's like, oh, I feel like shit about myself. And you're like, dude, go for a workout. People are like, they, they're like, it almost like you're you're being
1: insensitive or you don't give a fuck. You're like, no, yeah. dude,
0: this is seriously the best antidepressant there is.
1: Absolutely. Well, didn't you say you had a counselor? I was listening to one of your podcasts. Didn't you say you had like a counselor or someone that encouraged you to work out or?
0: Yeah, dude. I had uh, one That's of the, up. like, I've, I've spoken to fucking so many doctors about my mental health. Yeah. And the last one I spoke to was the last one I needed to speak to. That's what's up. He like, um... I I walked into his office and I'm like, yo, if you prescribe me any fucking medication, I'm walking out of here. Like, I'm (laughs) fucking tired of this shit. And he's like, oh, before I would ever, like, ask you anything about medication, like, I want to know about, like, what your workouts are like, like, what's your nutrition like? How are your relationships with your parents? What are your relationships like with, like, do you have a job? Do you read? Like, I need you to read these books. Like, he's going through everything with me. And he's like, we need to talk about, like, getting you exercising. Like, cause I was lifting weights every day, but he's like, you need to try other things. Like, have you tried yoga? Have you tried stretching? Have you tried running? Have you tried doing this? Like, and he's going through like literally interviewing me. Like this doctor sitting there interviewing me and I'm like, this is my
1: fucking guy. Yeah. That's what's up, dude. That's exactly. it.
0: And he got me reading books. He got me fucking like, he gave me two books in the very, in the very beginning was, um, man search for meaning. Oh, what? And, and, um, a book called the upward spiral. Wow. And he's like, read these two books. And when you're done them, you can come back and talk to me. And I'm like, whoa what the fuck like i've never uh, heard a doctor speak like this yeah and he's like an old dude like he's like in his 70s or 80s and he's like uh, yo go read these books and then come back and talk to me and i'm like holy shit dude like whoa. i my like, my mind like shifted that day where i was like i need to read every fucking day like yeah just, like, bro. Lifting, li- like lifting weights wasn't good enough but like it, like that doctor today If he were to be put on like social media or anything like that, like he'd be put on blast. Like people, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like people think like that's insensitive to say to someone like, yo, you're not fucking reading enough. You're not eating the right foods. You fucking treat yourself and everyone around you like garbage. You don't fucking work (laughs) out. Like, (laughs) like, how do you think you're going to feel good? Like, what do you
1: think is going to happen? Dude, that's like the realest shit. A lot of people think that about diet, too. They think it's all about your body image. I'm like, dude, it affects your brain, too. When you eat shitty food, it makes you feel tired and sluggish.
0: 100%. You don't
1: feel good after that.
0: No, no. 100%, man. Well, fuck, Um, I think that's a beautiful place to wrap this up. Did you Absolutely. have a burning desire about anything that you want to share or speak about or anything like that before we wrap this up?
1: Man, I, I, that's the most of my story I've ever shared publicly i think dude well
0: thank you for sharing it that's fucking fired me up that's
1: fucking dope yeah i'm glad we got that out there man that's pretty that's pretty cool i appreciate the opportunity to be here i was so stoked to be on here with you too because especially after i um listened to your content i was like damn bro it's meant to be (laughs) it's meant to be and you know what back to the original thing I i knew i had to be here on this day because everything and everybody was telling me don't go it's snowing it's dangerous out there and i'm like i don't give a fuck I'm going to say, fuck all these excuses. I'm going to figure out a way to be there so I can actually see my homie in person yeah, and yeah. get this done the right way and then purposely be able to say, fuck all your excuses at the same time.
0: Dude, I love it. <laughs> yeah, for, those of you, for those of you listening to this, it's like, dude, Calvin had to drive what have been what an hour and a half oh yeah two hours almost yep. to get here and in a foot of snow
1: yeah blizzard everywhere it's crazy it's fucking
0: snowing again dude <laughs> <slide> all <laughs> off the road and shit yeah dude and everyone's fu- like in vancouver it's crazy man because every other canadian province laughs at us because like we get like three inches of snow and people are just slamming their cars into each other like it's like yeah. fucking bumper cars yeah and we nuts. got the biggest fucking dump of snow in, like, probably a year and a half last night and Calvin fucking treks out here. It's, oh, yeah, it's it didn't even crazy. cross
1: my mind. The only time it crossed my mind was when people started saying, what are you doing? Why are you getting up at this? Th- Why are you outside? Why did you just go to the gym? Hey, don't go to that uh, podcast. What, you said you're going to Richmond? They're like, oh, no, you shouldn't do that. Everybody was like, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. It never crossed my mind one time until these people started saying it. And a good, that, a good man. takeaway point from there is, like, when you tell someone your goal, like, there's always someone negative that's like, that's a bad idea. No, that's not gonna work. Like they said about training too. There's no money in training. You, like I support my whole fucking life off of training. I don't understand. There's people making even I messaged
0: you so. this morning. I'm like, do you want to just do this over Zoom? Like, oh I, yeah,
1: I like, <laughs> oh yeah. And I was like, no, this is an even better opportunity. To, like, this is meant to be. Like, I think it's supposed <laughs> to be this way on purpose.
0: Dude, that's yeah. fucking legit.
1: Oh man, we're going on a personal development podcast, and then I'm gonna be like, I can't make it, bro, because there's snow. And then, like, I just finished writing a post about don't let your external external circumstances affect you. I'm like what the fuck it's just, uh,
0: your real life application
1: <laughs> you gotta live in alignment bro that i appreciate you man
0: i f- i fucking love this dude i really i really do appreciate you coming on here telling your story like that openly and and uh, in an authentic way man you got open invitation anytime you want to come through and record i'll fucking make some time like because dude it. i i love this conversation um Give yourself a little plug. Tell people where they can find you on Instagram, on oh, any yeah. other social media that you're on, or
1: yeah, my main my main plug, Calvin. Tedesco. That's C A L V I N. T E D E S C O, and that's on Instagram. And then um, Calvin Wayne on Facebook, or you can find my business page on Facebook, but there's no point. Calvin Tedesco on on uh, Facebook or Calvin Wayne on Facebook. And then, uh, but my main thing is Instagram, man. I'm on there all the time. You can probably find me on TikTok too, but most of the spots is Instagram. Hell oh,
0: yes, go go and look him up. If you like anything to do with my content, you're gonna fucking love his content. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Thank you guys so much for listening to this. I hope by now you're doing fucking pushups in your house or fucking <laughs> yes, sir. like you better be fucking uh, motivated to at least start working out today. But uh, other than that. Dude, this is actually the um, the New Year's episode. Oh, where This is going to be posted The uh, on um, Thursday next week. Word. So that's like, um, I don't have my phone on me, but what day is Thursday next week? Let's check. I think that's like um, the 29th.
1: Yo, that's sick.
0: So we're dropping this right before New Year's Eve. Yo, that's sick. Um, do you have any uh, thoughts or uh, any advice or any like quotes you want to share for people that are uh, just about to start their new year's new year's resolutions i saw you posted something oh, the other yeah. day about new year's resolutions
1: absolutely uh, the first thing is um start now don't start on new years like it's new year it's still a new year's resolution if you start right now it's the new year right now like just start now yeah. and the other thing is um just because it's difficult doesn't mean it's impossible. Like, I don't care if you fucked up on New Year's Eve and you're supposed to do your workout on January 1st and you're hungover. Like, you can still work out when you're hungover. Just, you know what? People should just not even be doing that, anyways. But still, no matter what adversity you're faced with today, you can get your workout done. You control what you consume in terms of food and in terms of what kind of stuff you watch on TV or what type of music or any thoughts you consume. So you need to be proactive and in control of your own life.
0: Fuck yeah. I think that's a beautiful place to wrap it up. Thank you guys so much. Much love and uh, peace out, motherfuckers. Happy New Year.
1: Yeah. Fuck that type.